Hello, and welcome to Constructor, a new podcast here at 4constructionpros.com, where we talk with the top decision makers in construction about the biggest challenges and stories facing this industry. I'm Wayne Grayson, Editor-in-Chief here at 4constructionpros. On this very first episode of Constructor, we're going to be talking about an announcement regarding one of the heavy equipment market's biggest joint ventures, a move that surprised just about everyone in the industry when it was announced just a couple of weeks back. I'm talking, of course, about the dissolution of the long-standing excavator joint venture partnership between American equipment maker John Deere and Japanese manufacturer Hitachi. Now, the dissolution of any joint venture is newsworthy, but the break of one with roots stretching all the way back to the 1960s is especially so. But beyond that, the move generates lots of questions, right? Whose idea was it? How does this impact current lineups of machines? And what can we expect from machines coming down the line? Today on Constructor, we'll be digging into this move from Deere's perspective. And to do that, we'll be talking with John Deere Senior Vice President, Dominic Rucolo. Dominic has been with John Deere for more than 30 years. And most recently, he spent four years at the helm of the Virgin Group following that company's acquisition by John Deere. And beyond all of that, of those 30 years of experience within John Deere, at least 20 of those have been spent working directly with Hitachi as part of this excavator joint venture that will soon be dissolved. So there's really no one else better to talk to than Dominic on this subject. This is Constructor, Episode 1 with Dominic Rucolo. Dominic Rucolo, thank you so much for joining us on this very first episode of Constructor. We are so happy to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Wayne. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be the first and uh, glad to be here. Before we get into kind of the uh, the meat of our conversation here around the, the Deer and Hitachi uh, joint venture dissolution, I, I do want to give everybody, I just want to give you a chance here to kind of um, introduce yourself to everybody, kind of let everybody know um, you, you spent the last four years uh, working in Germany as the CEO of the Vertgen Group after the addition uh, of, of that company to, uh, to Deere's portfolio. Uh, but, but as of today, actually, um, effective today, your, your role is changing a little bit. It sounds like you get to, you get to move back stateside, but kind of tell everybody uh, what you've been working on and what your new responsibilities at Deere are. You bet. Uh, sure, I'd be glad to. So I've uh, been with Deere, uh, I guess, going on 32 years here. Um, uh, most of that has always been with the construction and forestry division of Deere. I did spend a few years on the ag, uh, on the ag side as well as VP of marketing for U.S. and Canada. Uh, you know, the last four years, uh, I was the CEO of the Vertkin Group, and that was from the time immediately after the acquisition from Deere till I suppose today. Uh, I'll continue to have some responsibilities on the Birkin side, uh, which will be primarily as a chief sales officer uh, for the Birkin Group. So I have responsibility worldwide uh, for sales, marketing, uh, customer support uh, for all the Birkin brands. In addition to that, I'm also coming back uh, and assuming responsibility as well for sales, marketing, and product support for all dear global uh, construction products so really an opportunity to, to to kind of take the next step in the journey of further integration primarily on the sales and marketing side and uh, Dr. Fulker Knickel who has been also a long-term dear employee uh, had joined the Vertkin Group a little more than a year ago as, uh, as a chief operating officer there working with me, assumes the responsibilities of CEO and really is going to assume the responsibilities in Germany 
um, and 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 we'll we'll own the manufacturing, engineering, kind of the factory side of it, along with a lot of the corporate governance and uh, and some of the other corporate functions. So between the two of us, we'll we'll uh, we'll carry on the journey on the Vertkin side, and uh, also glad to be coming back to the uh, the dear earth moving side. It's a business that's um, always been very near and dear to my heart, and continues to be so. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, it definitely a really exciting time at at Deer. A, um, you know, not not to overstate it, but a really kind of seminal moment in this company's history. Um, just a huge amount of growth going on. Uh, I know a lot of excitement within the company there. And um, like I said, uh, just just kind of getting into um, this this Deer Hitachi dissolution. And before we get into kind of like the the deeper kind of questions or the kind of more longer term questions. I, I want to give you a chance here at the top to just kind of characterize the partnership between Deer and Hitachi from a relationship perspective before we get into the to the business um, you know talk. Uh, what has the relationship between these two companies been like over over the last 30 years of this joint venture? you know and and we were kind of talking about this before, but I imagine to survive for 30 years, it had to have been a pretty special, pretty close, and a really good working relationship. Sure. Um, but yeah, give us give us an idea of what you know from that relationship, that collaboration perspective, with 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 this kind of change coming. Um, what does that mean from that relationship perspective moving forward? Yeah, actually, the, the you know the joint ventures is is more or less thirty years old, right? But the relationship between the two companies actually dates back to the nineteen sixties. Uh, you know, at that time, the relationship began really on a um, more on a supply management standpoint. Uh, we would sell primarily undercarriage parts that we manufactured in Dubuque uh, that Itachi would use on, on some of their excavators. We would buy other components, primarily hydraulic components that we would use on your products. And that's really where the, the relationship got started and then kind of evolved over, uh, I suppose, nearly 60 years. Uh, into a purchase agreement where we would source uh, uh, Hitachi excavators, deer branded, uh, for the North American market at first. And then that evolved into the joint venture, which also continued into um, our factory in Brazil, the uh, Deer Hitachi specialty product factory for forestry swing machines in, in British Columbia, and uh, and as well in 2000, where we did the integrated marketing agreement, where we kind of uh, consolidated the Hitachi marketing organization with ours, and uh, and then right. managed both brands throughout the Americas. So it's been a really, and and again. Uh, the dissolution we're talking about is the dissolution of the joint venture. It is not the dissolution of the, I suppose, business relationship because okay. at the end of the day, part of this uh, agreement that uh, that where we announced the, the the dissolution of the of the joint venture is also an ongoing long-term supply agreement uh, between uh, between the companies. So. Uh, you know, the 60 year continues, uh, the joint venture is a different, is a, is, is a different, uh, story, but the relationship, uh, is going to continue to be a very important one for deer and for Itachi. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you got into this a little bit there in that question, just kind of going over the history of, of this, uh, this partnership, uh, and the, and the, the roots kind of going back to the 1960s, uh, and the beginning of the relationship and, the, the joint venture that is being dissolved now uh, pertaining to excavators specifically 
you know that that was you know established at least initially at at, at a kind of like base level where you know um, Hitachi would be providing deer with you know design and technology to to form an excavator lineup. Deer would then um, and at least this is kind of what's been out. So please correct me if I'm wrong about the characterization because you guys internally might see this completely differently. But at least initially Hitachi providing deer with kind of design and technology to get an excavator lineup off the ground, and then deer having the strength of its uh, it's 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 North American distribution and its dealer network and, and marketing um, and it, obviously over the course of thirty years that relationship insofar as kind of you know influence over design and which company is kind of responsible for what that that probably has had had to have changed a, a little bit so give us an idea of those changes and how the the joint venture pertaining to excavators has changed and and how confident you guys are kind of moving forward independently. Uh, with with these excavator designs that you have today through that supply agreement, um, but then maybe in the future, kind of um, uh, coming up with with uh, with with some that were that were wholly in house made. Yeah, I, I think perhaps you know the best way to start answering uh, that question, which is fairly broad, right? Is that you know very long question? I apologize. No, 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 no problem. <laughs> we'll, we'll break it down, I guess, uh, chunk by chunk here. But I think at the at the at the outset, what I would say is that. It has been a very long relationship. Uh, the joint venture uh, lasted for, for, for three decades. And, and really, you know, both Deer and Itachi enjoyed what, what really was a mutually successful partnership in the Americas for, for, for those decades, right? Um, the, the JV was, was based on, uh, from an from a excavator technology standpoint, was Itachi's uh, technology. Uh, and it was augmented by Deere strength in customer support, parts distribution, John Deere financial, and really a world-class dealer network, as well as uh, leveraging the Deere brand, right? Which exactly. uh, in North America is a very strong brand. Uh, we've been around 184 years. It resonates with a lot of people. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, that coupled with uh, the Itachi technology uh, and so on, uh, you know, we built a, a fairly sizable excavator business uh, throughout the Americas, uh, which I think, again, was, was good for both sides. So, you know, from that perspective, in terms of as we look moving forward, uh, we do have, uh, you know, uh, gained along the way uh, separately extensive experience with the, our own deer designed uh, products, including excavators, right? And uh, we're very excited about the future and the opportunities to build, continue to build our, our legacy uh, uh, in construction equipment. How, um, so from the, is, has, has there, was there like a change in terms of, so they kind of were bringing their design and technology mm -hmm. uh, to you guys, right. but, but over the course of that 30 years, right. I mean, you're you're like as you said through the through what you've learned through other product lines and and just kind of through the the natural growth of of deer and construction and forestry. I, I would imagine that the, that collaboration maybe started a little bit more Hitachi heavy from the design aspect and then grew to more of like fifty fifties. Would you characterize it that way? No, the the designs were always Hitachi designs okay. that we manufactured in the JVs. Of course, we provided input as uh, I guess uh, they would collect input from all regions world right um when i talk uh, when I, I mention specifically uh you know experience in excavators from a deer standpoint is outside of the americas we did 
start uh, uh, to design and manufacture excavators, uh, primarily out of our factory in, in Tianjin in China. And uh, so, you know, we've been at that for, for nearly 15 years. So, um, and again, that was always very separate from the joint venture, right? And uh, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, we have a lot of experience, obviously manufacturing earth moving equipment. We've been in the loader business and the motor grader business, wheel loader backhoes for years and years. And, uh, you know, I've learned a lot on the excavator side as well on our own. And uh, really, I think, you know, the, the, the relationship between Deer and Itachi was such where it was probably uh, very thankful for that partnership. And I'd been personally involved in it for nearly 20 years before I went over to Germany to Vertkin. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very important relationship uh, to Deer from, a, from an earth-moving standpoint. But I think, you know, as things change, I think this was probably the right time for for us to go uh, our separate ways, if you will, relative to the joint venture, but continue. Uh, we're going to have a very strong uh, relationship from uh, from a purely a procurement standpoint for for um, some years to come. Um, and one of the things that Hitachi noted in in its uh, its its announcement of of the dissolution was that preparations for this move. You know, obviously from, a, and and not asking you to kind of comment on another company's status, but just kind of for context, um, Hitachi mentioned that, you know, they're, this had been something that they had been planning or, or working on at least since 2017. Had, have talks, had talks mutually between the two, the two companies kind of gone back that far? I have to imagine that, uh, as you described the relationship, that, that this wasn't, you know, necessarily something they sprang on you, right? No, I don't think and this is anything that, I mean, this is just something that naturally uh, kind of came about. And, and again, you have a relationship for this long. It's nothing that you wake up one morning and say, okay, this is the day, right? I mean, it just right. kind of uh, evolved to this. So, you know, I, well, I'm not going to get into some specifics relative to, related to timing. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say uh, that it was the right time uh, for both parties to, to make this change. Um, you know, for us, the, the new agreement really gives us a unique opportunity to really control our journey in excavators and deploy everything else that we've been working on. Uh, you know, it really supports our strategy of unlocking customer value as we shift towards production systems and the technology focus that we're developing across the entire Deer Enterprise. Uh, as a part of our smart industrial strategy, which uh, I know we've we've kind of been speaking to for for quite a while now, uh, with you know with the various stakeholders, uh, customers, and markets, and so on. So, to, to us, uh, again, um, again, it was a, it's been a great relationship with Itachi. There's really no, um, you know, nothing but gratefulness to the fact that we've been partners for the number of years we have. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, and, and we got into this just a little bit, but I guess I, I want to give you a chance to kind of explain to, to, all, to, you know, all the customers and, and, and current owners of, of deer branded excavators, um, you know, moving forward, you guys, um, are going to be able to keep this current excavator lineup intact, your manufacturing intact, but kind of, kind of explain how you're, how you're keeping that manufacturing, uh, system intact and, and, and how, you're working with Hitachi to kind of keep these current design of excavators come, you know, rolling off the line. Right. Uh, well, first off, you know, uh, as a part of this agreement, uh, you know, the 
the agreement we, we announced a couple weeks ago, our, this also entails that we acquire all three joint venture factories in the Americas, right? So the Deeritachi factory that's located in Kernersville, North Carolina, the Deeritachi specialty products, which manufactures purpose-built forestry uh, swing machines, for excavator-based machines, that's located in Langley, British Columbia, and then Diritachi of Brazil, uh, which is our factory in Indiatuba, Brazil. So those three factories are, uh, as a part of this agreement, Deer winds up acquiring the factories, but more importantly, is not necessarily the acquisition of the factories themselves. Uh, they're outstanding world-class manufacturing facilities, but we also, uh, with that comes the teams that were at all those factories, right? That have right. extensive, uh, experience uh, and so on. So um, we're glad to have them all become uh, our colleagues here on the deer side. We're excited about that. Uh, we have some out unbelievable talent uh, there. And, uh, you know, additionally, what we're going to be doing there is we're going to continue to offer the full portfolio of excavators as we have them today, uh, all deer branded uh, as of the 1st of March. And uh, the other machines that are not manufactured in those facilities that still come from Japan, that's a part of the sourcing agreement as well, is that Itachi will continue to provide those, again, deer branded uh, to us um, uh, for years to come. Oh, interesting. So um, how, how would you characterize the, the split between those, those machines that are made here and the ones that will that the deer branded machines, formerly Hitachi, that will be imported? Yeah, so the split is, is the same split as it is today, right? Uh, the, the forestry swing machines are all from British Columbia. Uh, in Kernersville, it's really the heart of the lineup, uh, if you will, right? From, from uh, you know, the 10 ton through uh, 47 metric ton range. And then the other ones are uh, the ones that typically have always come from Japan, will continue to come from Japan. So it's uh, some of the larger ones, the 670 and 870 uh, okay. size class, um, the re reduced tail swing machines, the wheeled excavators, as well as the compact excavators. So those will continue to come from Itachi in Japan to your branded. So, okay. you know, when customers ask, okay, this is all interesting, what changes for me? Uh, really what changes uh, is nothing uh, on day one, uh, right? I mean, what changes is uh, absolutely nothing. They can expect the same support, be it on the technical side, on parts, on anything at all from us and our dealer network, uh, same support from John Deere Financial and the same product offering uh, as of the first March as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And in terms of that, that um, I, I just personally see that as, as kind of like a, a, a huge um, a kind of advantage in terms of you're further ahead kind of moving forward after the dissolution of this because you have those three, those three facilities and you're still able to manufacture on U.S. soil. I know a lot of this, I know a lot of this, this move has to do with the growing importance of distribution um, as opposed to where it was 30 years ago. Um, and so from the distribution angle, you have the strength of the, uh, the deer dealer network. That's not going anywhere. Um, just, as you just said there with the, with the customers, they can really expect kind of, you know, at least initially here in the next few years, no real changes. The, the same excavators are still going to be available that, that always were there, um, still being made in the same places they always were. Um, but from a kind of, 
I guess, future focus kind of standpoint, give us an idea of how, how big it is that, that you guys will have these three facilities that you're not having to, to re kind of configure in a, in a major way, your manufacturing footprint and how that impacts distribution. Yeah, no, I think from, from our perspective, uh, acquiring those is, is, is critically important. Uh, again, we, we've, we've over time, uh, uh, earned, uh, customers, uh, business on the excavator signed, uh, earned, uh, you know, uh, a fairly uh, substantive uh, market share in, in the Americas and, and we're going to continue to, to build on that and grow on that, right? And over time is part of the, the plan is to uh, transition to, into wholly uh, designed uh, uh, excavators from a deer standpoint and the, the supply agreement with Hitachi allows us the, the flexibility to do that. Uh, uh, over over uh, uh, an extended period of time, and uh, as well on the on the product support side, the continuity to be able to support customers from a part standpoint will also go on for for uh, a long time uh, into the future, right? So that we can continue to support uh, customers the way that Deer always has for uh, any types of products that it sells. Uh, uh, anywhere in the world. So that to us was very, very important. And I think the way that the disagreement came about uh, will enable us to do all that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I want to get into kind of some of the early reaction that you've heard from from customers and, and, and the dealer base. But um, I guess to kind of color your comments there, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure as you mentioned there with kind of the plans eventually to have excavators that are not only made here in the United States, or here in North America, um, but also excavators that are designed by deer, com- you know, completely kind of moving forward to hear that you are, you know, eventually, you're, you know, you're going to use this, uh, this supply and licensing agreement kind of in the short term, but eventually the plan is to have excavators designed and built wholly by deer. Um, you know, have you, have, is there, there has to be some excitement from the customer and the dealer base around that, but, but what other kind of reactions have you, have you heard from, from those two entities? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great question. And yeah, we have talked to a number of our customers, um, you know, kind of throughout the Americas, uh, and, and uh, there is a lot of excitement, right? And I think, again, uh, like I said earlier, I think a lot of customers at, at the beginning when they heard it, they said, okay, well, great, you know, no, not a surprise, I suppose, uh, and that's good. And, you know, the first question to customers to us is, what does this mean to me? Uh, are you still there, John Deere? And, and we said, absolutely. We, we are absolutely there to, to support and everything else. The next question they had is, is my dealer still going to be the one servicing me? And the, the, the answer to that was, was, was clearly yes. Right. Right. And I think when, when the support aspect and the fact that, um, I suppose we've been here for a long time, right? So the expectations, if you've been here 184 years, you're going to probably have the staying power uh, to, <laughs> to, 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 for many more years going forward. But once they clearly understood that deer was still behind everything we are doing 110% and our dealers were as well, I think that put their minds to ease and they said, great. I think this is a, a great opportunity and looking forward to it. So, um, I think I think it was extremely positive. Good deal. And 
uh, you know, I probably should have asked this earlier, but it but it did just occur to me, kind of with the the talk around con, you know uh, customers and and dealers. Could you give us an idea over the last you know maybe ten to fifteen years, um, what kind of uh, growth or adoption rate that you guys have seen? Um, you know, not just on the construction and forestry side, because I feel like there's been a lot of growth there and a lot of um, a lot of ground gain there in, in terms of like market share and everything. And I think that the Verkin acquisition is obviously is, is, is a big part of that and trying to become more of a, you know, like a, a more a, a holistic or complete player um, when it comes to meeting customers every every demand to make sure that the whole fleet, uh, you know, is, is a dear fleet. But, you know, to that to that um, in, in that vein. Um, you know, give us the give us an idea of, of how excavators have have kind of played into that, and the the kind of mind share that deer excavators have been able to gain over the last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, well, I, I think first off, uh, excavators uh, as a machine form have continued to grow. Uh, you know, if you go back to to the nineteen eighties to today, excavators is the machine form. Uh, they're they're extremely versatile. Uh, used in different applications and if you look at it globally uh, you know uh, this is a number that's a little bit dated but i think it was about you know 60 percent of, of of machines sold globally were an excavator of some form right and if you take a look even in north america the proliferation of compact excavators and just excavators generally it, it is the machine form in terms of um you know, the one that, that the most units are sold for. So critically important product uh, to the earth moving uh, business. And, uh, you know, I think this is also why it is so exciting. This is finally our opportunity uh, to, again, uh, as, as in the joint venture, the technology was Itachi's technology. We're developing a lot of technology, whether it's uh, from the grade control side, uh, um, you know, obstacle detection, a variety of different things that uh, the incorporation of a technology into somebody else's platform is not uh, necessarily always the uh, uh, easiest thing, right? You, you have to work together and it doesn't allow you to go with the same probably speed or pace than you would when you control the technology on uh, a given platform. And this will give us that opportunity. And uh, Again, it's a really exciting time of year relative to how uh, we are uh, deploying our smart industrial strategy, the, the technologies that we are developing, uh, being able to leverage the full breadth of the enterprise from, from the ag side to the forestry to Vertkin to, to the earth moving piece. So there's a lot of technologies being developed as well as our approach at really looking at it in terms of a production system. Right. right. It's not excavators. It is excavators in the context, whether it's a pipeline application, whether it's a site development job, whether it's a mass excavating job. It's always working in conjunction with other equipment. And as we've continued to broaden our product portfolio, it uh, it's enabled us to kind of take a look at technology and take a look at the job site uh, through the eyes of the customer. Right. Uh, it's not about just an excavator. It's about completing the work and completing and managing the work through a complete production system. So to us, this is a big step for us. Um, and uh, we're really, really excited about the, the prospects and the opportunities in terms of, of, of uh, kind of managing our future and controlling our future relative to excavator technology. 
Yeah, and it, it, it given given your comments there, and just kind of about the 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 you know the the share of of machine total machines sold being you know the that that sixty percent number globally being excavators, and it being such a hugely important machine. Um, obviously, this was this was definitely not a, a decision taken lightly um, from either company's side, but um, it does sound like there's a lot of excitement from both sides. Um, to be able to explore that machine, a lot of a lot of gratefulness for the relationship and and how it has, you know, f- uh, furthered each company along in that market, but also a lot of excitement around getting to kind of like put your own stamp on it and getting to work further on that deeper deer integration on you guys' side, but also the deeper kind of Hitachi integration on the other side, because it, it sounds kind of like both companies are in really similar place in terms of strategy right now in the sense that they're both kind of looking a little bit wider outside of, of excavators, but the focus on excavators is, is such a massive part of that, that wider picture. Right. And, and, and again, you know, the, the, the technologies are not just about the machine form, right? Again, even with Itachi, they've got, uh, I suppose, uh, wheel loaders and, and they'd like to have some commonality and technologies between them. Uh, but for us, you know, it's really kind of taking a look again at that entire production system and, and being able to deploy technologies that can cut across product platforms in a far uh, more efficient and uh, effective way and really uh, being able to control our excavator technology going forward is a, is a big part to uh, to being able to achieve that strategy. Yeah, and, and I... Uh, and this this next question here it, please please let me know if um if if some of that some of those kind of like that that deeper kind of like uh, in-house integration and the ability to you know kind of uh, really own that whole machine kind of plays into this but um i did want to ask you uh, at least about one other kind of challenge that's that's facing the entire industry and that's 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 supply chain issues um uh whether it be kind of like from uh, uh, from the outset of the pandemic or kind of like the manufacturing shutdowns that occurred there and, and, you know, how some companies are still kind of catching up to that to kind of like the, the chip and semiconductor shortage. And I, I kind of wanted to get an idea from you about how those kind of like those, those core kind of supply chain issues that are facing everybody right now are affecting, um, your lead times or, or not. Um, I just kind of wanted to see if you could characterize for us kind of the average kind of lead times on deer machines right now. Um, and if there are any specific supply chain shortages or, or changes that are currently kind of impacting, um, you know, the ability to get machines off the line and into customer hands. Well, and again, I, I think our, our, our supply management teams have done a great job in terms of mitigating those. There's no question that, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't think there's any manufacturer that's been immune to this and it's not solely in our industry. It's been in the automotive. So it's been in, in just oh, yeah. a multitude of different industries. Completely. Right? Uh, and our supply management teams have done an outstanding job at continuing to, 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 to work with suppliers, manage situations, and keep our our manufacturing operations going. So, you know, I, I think everybody's dealing with a lot of the same things. I think I think from a deer perspective, uh, we've done a good job uh, relative to, to working with our suppliers to, to mitigating those issues. Same thing at Verkin. And uh, yeah, just continuing to meet the customers' demands. And again, the demand has been uh, kind of this bounce back uh, uh, from the start of the pandemic has been something right. uh, uh, quite substantial. And uh, you know, from my perspective, I, I think it's gone it's gone uh, quite well. Doesn't mean that our lead times are not a little longer than anybody would like, 
but I think that's pretty much norm in the industry these days as well. Um, and, and, and how much does kind of like the, the comfort of knowing that you, you will kind of moving forward, kind of have that, I guess, more complete control over the manufacturing, let's say on, on this excavator lineup with, with those kind of supply chain challenges in mind, you know, how kind of comforting is that to go ahead and get started working on getting those deeper integrations into place? Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, I'm not sure there's a tie in, but they're really separate issues, right? I mean, the current, the current supply base issues, the current, uh, robust demand and everything else is, is not solely impacting excavators, right? Right. Impact all products, including the deer ones. Right. So the, the, the announcement and the, and, and our opportunity to, to own and control our excavator technology going forward, is a great opportunity, but it's, you know, you got to kind of decouple that from the current environment where we have some supply constraints and in, in the supply base. Um, you know, we've been through those issues before. We're going through them as well on deer product and I'm sure just as all the, the manufacturers are uh, out there. So I think those are somewhat unrelated. Sometimes it's hard to kind of decouple them because right. you're dealing with, with, with uh, supply issues today. But this, uh, in my opinion, doesn't have a whole lot to do with the longer term uh, opportunity to this announcement that we made two weeks ago uh, brings forth. And one of the things that I mentioned there with the, the chip and semiconductor shortage, uh, you know, we, we know how big that that has been on the automotive side and, and even on the work truck side. Work truck side. Um, could, is, is that something that is, you know, obviously with, with, with more and more technology being packed into machines of all types, telematics and grade control, et cetera, et cetera. Is that something that's that's impacting? Uh, probably not to the same degree as automotive, but um, I, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on like it. Ha- has that been a, a as big of a problem on the construction equipment side as it has been elsewhere? Well, it's been it's been a part of the challenges. I mean, there's been a number on on, on different things, right? And again, uh, you know, we give credit to our uh, supply management uh, teams in terms of uh, working with our key partners and suppliers to to continue to to be able to uh, get the uh, parts, the components, the materials that we need to continue to build product. Good deal. And to, to kind of kind of wrap things up here, Dom, um, you know, from, from your vantage point at Deer, um, I know you have a lot of information kind of coming in about the health of the industry, the health of your markets that, that you're currently serving. Um, and so I kind of wanted to see if you could give us like from your perspective and, and, and your position kind of what you're seeing is the status of the industry kind of right now. You mentioned kind of like that robust return in demand for equipment. I know in some places, um, really, um, there, there were a lot of guys across the country that were able to work right on through the pandemic, um, even though there were some manufacturing shutdowns and, and you know some of the challenges and everything else. So I think everyone was hoping for a bounce back, uh, but I, I don't know that anyone could have necessarily hoped for the type of bounce back uh, that we got just because there was so much kind of forward momentum. Things were going so well before the pandemic that it actually kind of carried a lot of folks through. Um, so with all of that in mind, you know, you know, have we, it sounds like it, it, it at Deer at least, we, you guys have fully kind of come back from pre-pandemic demand uh, and, and then some, um, but, but, you know, give us an idea of, of what you're seeing in terms of the health of the industry and, and what are some maybe, you know, positive things or some limiting factors kind of moving forward? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, and again, it always starts with, with contractors or customer base, right? Because uh, without customer, I mean, that's what, what we, we're here every day is to serve them first and foremost. Um, 
you know, I, what, what I would say is uh, I, I, right now, the, the, uh, the demand, the economy, the amount of work they have is, uh, is, is very strong. It's very robust. Uh, we've had uh, very good economic expansion, uh, particularly relative to, to the construction uh, industry and sectors. Um, we see that certainly continuing through 21 and, and even 22. Uh, you know, uh, again, some just uh, good work uh, backlogs for, for contractors and everything else. Limiting factors, um, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, <laughs> but what you do hear, uh, that is pretty consistent, right? And, and it's, it's, you hear it not only from, from, our, from contractors, you hear it from our dealers in terms of being able to find technicians, uh, certainly from contractors in terms of being able to find uh, operators, uh, skilled labor that they can continue to to grow and so on. That's probably the single largest uh, factor that, that kind of inhibits uh, uh, and, and, and causes probably the biggest challenge is, is probably labor. Um, and, and that's not a new phenomenon, but it's certainly one that has continued to uh, to uh, to be probably the primary theme that we hear uh, from from contractors, right? So for us to continue to be able to deploy technology uh, to help contractors with that, uh, to, to to work with them on all this, um, is 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 really kind of be uh, critical going forward. Absolutely, Dominic. Thank you so much for, for hopping on today yeah. to, uh, to talk to us about all of these issues. Um, yeah. Obviously, a, a really exciting time uh, with, yeah. within Deer. And um, again, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, very first episode of Constructor. We really appreciate it. Well, Wayne, again, thank you as well. Uh, uh, best of luck with the podcast. And uh, uh, it was a pleasure to, to be here and see you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. All right, well, that will wrap it up for this episode of Constructor. Thank you guys so much for checking out this first episode. Now, we've got more interviews on the way, all focused on the construction industry's most pressing topics with guests that know the industry best, guests just like Dominic Rucolo. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your other favorite podcast player. We'll see you next time.